Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Now we turn to Louisville Business First. We will read from the issue dated May 6, 2022. Your reader today is Julia Shane. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or who have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Our first article is titled $58 Million Baptist Health Facility Topped Out. The development on a former hotel site should be completed in a year. Written by Laurel Deppen. Construction on Baptist Healthcare's $58 million project has taken another key step toward completion. Baptist Health Breckenridge is a 126,000 square foot medical facility planned for the site of the former Breckenridge Inn at 2800 Breckenridge Lane. The site is 6.5 acres. Completion of the project is still about a year away, but the final steel beam in the structure was placed May 2nd in a topping out ceremony. Topping out is a construction tradition which refers to placing the final beam in a new structure. Individuals from all parties involved signed the beam before it was placed. The healthcare company broke ground on the facility in September of 2021. The facility is part of Baptist Health's strategic plan to invest $1 billion into major outpatient facilities that consolidate nearly every possible category service just short of a hospital admission into one place, we reported in September. Southern Indiana-based TEG Architects, which recently combined with another firm and was renamed Orcut Winslow plus TEG, was the architect on the project. Able Construction is completing the construction. The McMahon Group, a Louisville-based commercial real estate broker, owns the property and Baptist Health will be a long-term tenant. The facility will have 110,000 square feet of usable clinical space across five floors. About 50 primary care physicians will be based there and Baptist is recruiting new physicians for the provider space. Some providers that are based at the main campus, just down the street at 4000 Krasigi Way, are moving to the new facility. The new structure will include a surgical center with six operating rooms and a procedure room. It will also include an urgent care center, retail pharmacy, diagnostics, and office space. Baptist Health broke ground on a separate East End facility in March. That project represents a $17 million investment and will be a freestanding urgent care and emergency center. The next article is titled Local Entrepreneurs All In on Classic Cars. Three partners came together to sell, source, and service old autos. Written by Haley Cawthon. Keith Williams hates the word retirement. The former president and CEO of Dant Clayton and longtime Louisville area business leader knew that he'd have to find something to occupy his time after giving up 60-hour, six-day work weeks. But instead of playing golf or buying a vacation home in sunny Florida like other retirees, he co-founded a business venture. I wanted to have the kind of job where people say, if you love it, it's not a job, it's a passion, Williams said. This is it for me. 
Williams is one of the three partners behind Special Auto Concierge, a new Louisville-based auto concierge service that sells, sources, and services collector and investment quality automobiles. He had always had an unhealthy love of cars, and when he met fellow car fanatics Sean and Joey Garber, it sparked an idea, a shared obsession. Williams met Sean Garber about six years ago through a mutual friend, and the two established a business relationship that evolved into a friendship through a shared interest in cars, they told me in an interview last week. That eventually became the basis for Special Auto Concierge, which launched earlier this year. I think the thing that makes our partnership work is that we have a passion for people and a passion for cars, Williams said. We have what we call our four corners, and they are surround yourself with good people, listen to your customers, check your ego at the door, and check your greed at the door, Sean Garber added. Sean Garber is the chairman and CEO of Algar Incorporated. He's a serial entrepreneur, having owned, scaled, and exited businesses in both the apparel and mortgage industries before investing in Algar Incorporated in 2005, which at the time was just a small salvage yard. He has since purchased and integrated multiple facilities and sales offices, serving all 50 states in Puerto Rico, creating a hybrid recycling company. The company has a full-service auto parts business unit, a self-serve auto parts business unit, and a full scrap metal buying processing business unit. Joey Garber, a 2017 graduate of Indiana University, grew up in the scrap industry alongside his dad, Sean, and joined Algar Incorporated as the lead of its scrap business unit operations. He also had a lifelong passion for cars and history and spent much of his life searching for and admiring rare automobiles. So when Sean asked if he would be interested in the idea, he was in. We are all car guys and have collected quite a few cars over the years, Joey said. A lot of what this business provides is simply what we've been doing for ourselves for a long time, finding cars, tracking them down, servicing them, and getting the sale. There's a reason people look for a specific car. The next article is titled Shady Rays Expanding into Business Park, written by Eleanor Tolbert. Shady Rays will be expanding into a new Simpsonville facility, almost tripling its current footprint. The fast-growing eyewear company will be taking a spot in Simpsonville Commons, an approximately $100 million business park from Louisville developer Hollenbach Oakley. Shady Rays will occupy 75,000 square feet of a 105,000 square foot building. Simpsonville Commons is located on over 81 acres in Simpsonville, Kentucky, at the intersection of Interstate 64 and Buck Creek Road, directly across from the outlet shops of the Bluegrass. The company will be moving from its two buildings, a 12,000 square foot headquarters and a 14,400 square foot manufacturing facility, in the Kingbrook Commerce Park, also in Shelby County. Dan Ryderman, Chief Operating Officer of Shady Rays, said the new space will allow the company to be more efficient and fill significantly more orders. Over the course of the business, we've always had our fulfillment speeds as one of our core competencies that allows us to meet our customer expectations extremely well, Ryderman said. As our business has grown, We are now at the point where we need to upgrade the size of our fulfillment center 
and this building will be the perfect way to do that. Ratterman said along with the larger fulfillment center, the facility will have upgraded technology to allow the company to continue developing the brand. It will also include more offices and workspaces, a showroom to display products, and an outdoor patio. Construction on the facility is set to begin in May, with a completion date planned for the fourth quarter of 2023. Shady Rays and Hollenbach Oakley declined to disclose the total investment into the facility. DKN Architects designed the first two buildings in Simpsonville Commons. No contractors have been selected yet. John Hollenbach Jr. and Clayton Picktock with Horizon Commercial Realty, Hollenbach Oakley's brokerage affiliate, brokered the deal. There were a few reasons Simpsonville Commons was the right fit for Shady Rays. CEO Chris Ratterman said being able to design a building from scratch gave the company an opportunity to request exactly what they needed now and anticipate what they'll need in the future. As an e-commerce company, Shady Race is centrally located for fast shipping in the Simpsonville area and in proximity to major interstates like I-64, 75, and 71. Dan Ratterman also said it gives the company access to a large pool of skilled employees. The next article is titled Louisville Forward GLI Land National Award. The two groups repeat again with honors from Site Selection Magazine, written by Michael Jones. Two Louisville area organizations received the Mac Conway Award for Excellence in Economic Development from Site Selection Magazine. This is the eighth straight year Louisville Forward, the city's economic development agency, has received the honor and the sixth year in a row that the agency has shared the award with Greater Louisville Incorporated, the Regional Chamber of Commerce. During a May 2nd press conference at Repurposed, a pop-up event site, Mayor Greg Fisher said during his three terms in office, Louisville economy has added 3,500 new businesses and more than 80,000 jobs, including nearly 3,500 new technology jobs. The mayor added that through Louisville Metro's economic development work, the city has competed for and won business attraction and expansion projects totaling more than $9 billion in investment since 2011. Site Selection Magazine is the leading publication for economic development in the United States of America, so they've got a good view about what's going on across our nation, Fisher said. It's really an honor when they recognize us, and they recognize us a lot because those numbers that I just talked about are amongst the best in the country. Sarah Devashir Wisdom, President and CEO of GLI, said last year was not only a time for explosive growth for Jefferson County, but also for the 15 regional partners that GLI works with in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. This award is a testament to the value that the regional approach to economic development brings to our economy, Devashir Wisdom said. Last year, GLI worked with regional partners to bring more than $7 billion of new investment to the region and create more than 9,000 new jobs, and I'm confident this trend will continue in the months ahead. The next article is titled, Mayor Fisher Makes $1.3 Billion Budget Proposal for His Last Year in Office. The request to go before the council is the largest in the mayor's three terms. Written by Michael Jones. Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher presented his 12th and final budget proposal at the Louisville Metro Council meeting April 28th at Louisville Metro Hall. Fisher's $1.3 billion budget proposal focused on public safety, affordable housing, 
and ensuring the city's finances remain stable after the influx of federal money is exhausted. With efforts grounded in best practices and community involvement, we are funding law enforcement, violence interruption programs, and initiatives to rebuild trust between police and the larger community, the mayor said. The $1.3 billion proposal is the largest in Fisher's three terms as mayor. The city's 2021 budget was $1.1 billion. Fisher said the budget increase reflects money made available through federal COVID-19 relief funds, as well as funding from state government, area foundations, and other sources. The mayor said the start of his first term in 2011, Louisville faced a $22.5 million deficit due to the 2008 recession. Metro government faced further challenges during his third term due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Between those two seminal challenges, we have reshaped our municipal government, pruning and planting along the way to reflect 21st century realities and to plan for next steps of our future, Fisher said. The budget address followed an announcement Fisher made earlier in the week that he was proposing that the city use $87.4 million in stimulus funding for new libraries, early education, parks, and public health. Fisher's budget proposal would double the city's capital budget from $167 million this year to $343 million for fiscal year 2022, which begins in July. His proposal would also increase the city's general operating fund by $57 million to $715 million. Budget proposal highlights. $10 million for affordable housing, which brings the total investment during the mayor's tenure to $106 million. Fisher's budget would also provide funding for three Louisville Metro Police Department recruiting classes as part of a three-year plan to get 1,200 officers on the streets by 2025. The budget also allocates $6 million for the first phase of a new LMPD training facility for land acquisition and design. The mayor would also like to use $412,000 to expand hours and programming at area community centers. The budget includes $3.7 million in capital investments within the Department of Corrections for an expansion of camera systems, additional monitoring equipment for observations of high-risk inmates, and body scanners at the entrance. The next article is titled, Aptiva Expands Footprint with $2 Million Sports Clinic, written by Laurel Deppen. A Louisville healthcare company is expanding with a new sports and concussion treatment center in a $2 million project. Aptiva Health's Concussion Sports Medicine Institute will begin seeing patients on May 9th. The new facility is located next to Aptiva Health's headquarters at 3615 Newburgh Road. The two facilities together give Aptiva a total campus of about 3.5 acres and 22,000 square feet. The new building, 3611 Newburgh Road, is about 7,500 square feet. It's close to Assumption High School and Louisville Collegiate School's athletic fields and near Bellarmine University. Eric Lowe, Aptiva CEO, said this is by design so that the clinic can be close to where athletes are. Between three and five doctors will work at the facility and about 25 employees will work there. Lowe said this workforce will include some new hires and some that are already employed. He said his team had been hiring for the past three months to prepare for the opening. 
The new facility has been in the works since September of 2021. It used to be a bank, so renovations were done on nearly the entire building apart from some of its foundation, Lowe said. The contractor for the project was GNM Maintenance. The architect was Lexington-based Johnson Early Architects. The new clinic marks Aptivas Fifth. It has a sixth location, an imaging center under construction in Lexington, which Lowe expects to open in August. Lowe said his company is planning to expand even further in Bullock County, Northern Kentucky, and Southern Indiana. We're really focusing on patient convenience, Lowe said. That's really our foundation. The reason why we have so many different specialties in our locations, so many different services. In total, Aptiva, a multi-specialty medical group, employs between 80 and 90 people. Lowe declined to share Aptiva's total revenue, but said the company has seen between 20% and 30% growth per year since it began. Aptiva will mark its eighth year in business in November, Lowe said. The next article is titled, How Shipping Port Brewing's Company Owner Carved Out Space to Be Creative, written by Haley Cawthone. Amelia Pillow always had a passion for art. The Oldham County native found a niche in creating realistic portraits, but when she pursued that passion at Bennington College in Vermont, she soon found out she couldn't do it for a living. I realized the way you had to market yourself was really unappealing to me, especially considering I was a very sensitive young person, Pillow said. I didn't want to have to try to sell these things that I felt like I had imbued a lot of emotion into. Having to explain to people why they should appreciate something that you're so passionate about and having them argue with you about it is pretty soul-crushing. So after she graduated, Pillow did what a lot of discouraged artists do. She got a big girl office job in New York City, yet she found she couldn't sit at a desk all day long, turn off her computer, and have nothing to show for what she did that day. Pillow craved something creative and physical. It drove her to a career in the brewing industry. Portland, Oregon. Pillow and her friends started home brewing during college, mostly because it was cheaper to brew their own than buy, but it quickly became a creative outlet for her, one that was mostly judgment-free. After deciding an office wasn't for her, Pillow packed up her things and moved from New York City to Portland, Oregon in 2007. At the time, Portland had 23 breweries within five miles of the city center. Pillow didn't know anyone, so she had to strategize. She moved in conjunction with the Oregon Brewers Festival, assuming that she'd meet some brewers there. She didn't, but it wasn't all for naught. She met someone that went to high school with someone that was opening a brewery, Hopworks. Problem was, they weren't hiring yet. I did this thing where I had a little war map with pins in all of the breweries all over town, Pillow said. I didn't have a car when I was there. I basically bought a ticket out and then had a return ticket for three months later. I figured if I didn't have it figured out in those three months, then I would just go home and call it a wash. Pillow was barely making ends meet when Hopworks finally hired her on as a server. Over time, she went on to almost every job there, from serving and bartending to office manager and bookkeeping. The brewery tried to promote her to general manager, but she really wanted to be the one making the beer. I wanted to be in the brewery, she said. 
I took on more and more responsibility to prove loyalty, to prove that I'm dedicated, and to win that role that I want. They kept on not giving me a role in brewing because they basically said, you don't want to do that kind of work. You're so good at administration. Why would you want to do this dirty, hard, sweaty work? Because people don't like to believe the words that come out of your mouth when they can just pigeonhole you based upon what you look like. Not backing down, Pillow told them she'd quit if they didn't give her a job in the brewery. They conceded and let her work as a part-time keg washer while she trained the new general manager. By the time she decided it was time to return home in December of 2013, Hopworks was getting ready to offer her the lead brewer position. Portland, Louisville. Pillow came back to Louisville for two reasons. The first was family. She wanted to be closer to her aging parents and her sister, who was starting to have children. But the other reason was that she thought it would be more practical to start a brewery of her own here. A decade ago, Louisville had just six breweries. One of them was Against the Grain, where Pillow was ultimately drawn for the chance to brew more adventurous beers. Pillow got the job as head brewer at Against the Grain's brewery and smokehouse on East Main Street. Against the Grain gave Pillow free reign to make her own recipes, something she enjoyed during her seven years there. But she still had an unquenched entrepreneurial urge to innovate and do things in her own way. To be honest, I would think I was becoming a bit of a pain in the ass because I had very strong ideas about the way I thought business should be run. And they weren't my businesses, and they were not obligated to run them the way that I thought they should be, she said. She started working on a business plan for what could become Sipping Port Brewing Company and the Sally Forth Tap Room after a conversation with Gil Holland, managing partner of the Portland Investment Initiative. Holland initially approached Pillow about Harlan County Beer Company, but after she told him of her desire to start a brewery of her own in Portland, he was immediately on board. While Holland, now her landlord at 1221 West Main Street, was sold, Pillow said it was a challenge to fundraise for her vision. I own a house in Portland. It's not like I've got a lot of collateral to put down. My family isn't super wealthy. So, convincing people to believe in my dream was a very difficult thing, she said. I'm obviously knowledgeable, and I did have the benefit of having built my career up here. So, people knew that I could walk the walk, but it's a crippling thing to go to people and be like, hey, you should give me thousands of dollars. The coronavirus pandemic was another speed bump in the plans. Shipping Port was supposed to open in the spring of 2020, but that was delayed by more than a year. It's been open since June of 2021, and the pandemic, coupled with harsh winter, has made for a challenging operating environment. It feels like finally in month 10, we're having our first real month in business, Pillow said. Here's more from Pillow in the Q&A. Who has been your biggest mentors? My biggest mentor definitely was my boss and now friend Tom Blay, who hired me at Hopworks. I feel like he did a really good job of showing me how to be a responsible, compassionate leader. He also loves spreadsheets just as much as I did, and administrative stuff is not typically a brewer's strong suit. He was constantly looking to try new things and experiment. He taught me a lot about how to approach being a leader and a brewer that I still appreciate and use to this day. What's a beer you could drink every day for the rest of your life? 
That's always the question, right? Usually the newest beer we have on tap is always my favorite beer, but I really do like our Eddie or just Klosh in general. There might be something new that I'm wowed by, but once I've gotten my fix and the stars in my eyes wear off, Kolsch is always the one that I want to reach for. What's your dream vacation? I love the ocean. When I graduated from college, I went to New Zealand and did a whole backpacking thing around the northeastern coast of South Island. It's just a beautiful place. I went there at the beginning of the fall, so there weren't a lot of people around. Very isolated beach scenarios always sound like a nice thing to me. So like one of those private islands, but I'm never going to have that kind of money. What's the biggest issue the brewing industry is up against moving forward from the pandemic? The trend of craft beer is waning a little bit. I think the challenge is keeping a hold of our identity. We don't have to make seltzers or super fruity drinks. We can continue to make really, really good beer. You're not going to get rich off of it like people did in the early 2000s. We're having an identity crisis. Everyone's making seltzers and super hazy pastry. I think we're going to make another swing around to beer in the next decade. What's your favorite thing about Louisville? Food-wise, we're starting to have some really exciting things happen. We've got a lot of good restaurants and good food, and a lot of people who are really pushing boundaries in comparison to other places. It's just very accessible from the cost standpoint, but we're also not stuffy or snooty about it. The next article is titled, Legislature Delivers for Kentucky Businesses in 2022 Session. Written by guest columnist Ashley Watts, President and CEO of the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. Coming out of a two-year pandemic, facing extreme workforce shortages, and working toward economic recovery, the Kentucky Chamber knew we had to have a bold plan heading into 2022 General Assembly. This included driving down the income tax rate, addressing our low workforce participation, investing in infrastructure, supporting our signature industries, and protecting employers' rights. Now that we have closed the door on a busy, action-packed legislative session, it is clear the General Assembly prioritized pro-growth policies and delivered for Kentucky businesses. Topping the list of successes was the passage of House Bill 8, a tax reform package which includes a multi-year plan to eliminate Kentucky's individual income tax. Last year, the Chamber partnered with the Tax Foundation to publish a report that described pragmatic, responsible options for improving Kentucky's tax code and making us more competitive. Over the past year, I've traveled the state and listened to employers talk about the need to reduce income taxes to more effectively compete for employees and economic opportunity. We watched as Indiana, Ohio, North Carolina, and other competitor states dropped their income tax rates. We studied census data that showed low and no income tax states outgrew us on population, GDP growth, job growth, and workforce participation. The General Assembly met the moment and put us on a path to truly compete and lower taxes for our citizens. Another major theme of the session was tackling our workforce challenges, and for such a complex issue, we knew it would take a multifaceted approach. A major step was to modernize our outdated unemployment insurance system. House Bill 4 encourages Kentuckians to rejoin the workforce more quickly by shortening the number of weeks of benefits 
when the economy is strong and jobs are plentiful, increasing work search activities, encouraging and incentivizing reskilling and retraining, creating a work share program for employers, and changing tax calculations for entrepreneurs. This bill will go a long way in supporting rapid reemployment and ensuring sustainability of our UI system. As a mother of two small children, I know another major barrier to workforce is the cost and lack of quality childcare. The Chamber championed House Bill 499, the Employee Child Care Assistance Partnership, which creates an innovative employer led approach to child care cost assistance. We look forward to seeing this program launch next year, creating a much-needed benefit for working families. This concludes excerpts from Louisville Business First. Your reader has been Julia Shane. Now, please stay tuned for Kentucky Series on Radio Eye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.